Welcome back to Raw Vegan Lens. I'm your host, Sherry Michelle. Let's go. I'm not recording today because I have beautiful things to say. I'm recording today because it's long overdue and I'm grateful that I have listeners and I just want to be honest. It's it's really humbling to say that even though I've written about life after death and signs from the other side and have studied and listened to and read about NDEs since I was a teenager, none of that prepares you for a loss like this. I miss my niece so badly. And we've had all kinds of signs. It's been incredible. Mostly nature. I know I've shared some with you. I see her initials all over the place. Either DR, Devin Renee, Devin Rhodes, or I see DV a lot too. Dev. Um, I've had a butterfly nearly hit me in the face, like dive bomb me. I've had a visitation dream where I opened the trunk of a minivan I owned like 20 years ago. And she, like I saw these white legs and she sat up, rubbed her eyes and just started laughing. And we were both laughing. And that was, that's, that's what I missed the most is laughing with her. Oh my God, we just laughed like about so many things. She was so fun, so funny, just hilarious. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Like there's just, I mean, nothing can prepare you for this. I chose to be an aunt, a five-star aunt over having kids. I really wanted to knock it out of the park as an aunt, and it's my favorite thing in the world. But this is as close as I'll come, probably, to losing a child. Um, it's, it's probably odd that we were best friends. I mean, I feel like a lot of people considered her their best friend, which is super cool. Really proud of her for that. She and I just understood each other. We we shared all, all the same beliefs. A lot of times I thought she was a better person than I was. You know, she was only 25. It's, um, it's upsetting to know that we're not going to see how the rest of her life would have turned out. And it wouldn't surprise me at all for her to circle right back. But right now, I'm just very happy that she's with her mom. I know that if she would have had a choice in that second, whether to be with her mom or, or turn around and come back and stay with us, she would have chosen her mom, and I don't fault her for that at all. 
she never got over losing Cindy. And um, a lot of people gave her a hard time about that or judged her for it. I wouldn't say they, they gave her a hard time to her face, but they judged her for it. And, and that's upsetting to me because some people never get over losing a parent. And that's okay. It's not a goddamn contest to see who's strongest or toughest. You're lucky if you get one good parent in this life. And she was very, very close to her mom. And to lose your mom at 22, that's, that's really hard. I don't want this to be a total downer. I just wanted you guys to know how I was doing. And frankly, it's not great. It's not great. It's hard to care about anything else right now. I did have a really incredible animal communication session um, a few days ago. My first grief counseling session, which I didn't see the irony at the time. My partner, Gabe, did. He's been so fantastic. But, you know, he's a therapist. And he said, I did wonder if that was a good idea for you to be administering grief counseling in your state. But, and I had to laugh about that, of course. Like, it didn't really occur to me. I just knew that someone was asking for it. And I wanted to help them. So I did. And it turned out to be a really great win-win. I'd never done a live animal communication session, uh, animal communication session via Zoom. Um, it was actually um, the husband and the wife. Their son popped in a couple times um, with some questions and just to say some things. He was kind of in and out of the room. And uh, they have a daughter too. And it was with two dogs and just the logistics of all of that. Um, you know, I I didn't even know all the logistics that would be involved. And what I did know was daunting. Um, uh, yeah, I was dreading it. And um, it actually turned out to be really beautiful. It was a two-hour session. And their dogs were so fantastic. What a beautiful family. And it was so organic having them ask questions just as they popped into their heads and, and me ask questions and we just go back and forth and it was all very easy and natural. It, it was less pressure on me than a regular session. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is what people really need. This is what I would want. This is I would have taken this over the sessions that I had, recorded sessions, um, even a live phone session. It's not nearly as good as as doing it via Zoom with everybody live. So I don't regret doing that. Um, it was good for me. It was. They said they couldn't even express how comforting it was for them. They lost both of their dogs within five weeks of each other, and. Um, I learned so much from their dogs in that session too. And I, I don't like the repetition of the sessions that I do. I don't like doing the same questions over and over again, which I feel compelled to do because 
I want everyone to get as much as possible out of their sessions. Well, this was so much better because there were a lot of new questions, a lot of very specific questions to their family, their situations. So it was just 10 times better. And I'm proud of the work that I've done. It's 161 sessions now. Probably about 170 animals because sometimes there were more than one in a session. But at the same time, you know, and I, I thought I had kind of this big announcement on, on TikTok where I was like, okay, this changes everything. This is how I'm going to do things from now on. And um, then like in less than a day, I was just like feeling again, like I don't want to take care of anyone. I don't want to self-promote. I don't, you know, I don't want to... Um, drum up business like I just don't give a fuck about that pardon my French I think I lose a listener every time I um use the f-bomb but you know what if I can't be honest here like what's what's the point I just don't um feel like sugarcoating anything I just need to be honest about where I am and even if I lose all of my listeners it's fine it is what it is it's really not why I'm doing this I think I just need a place a place for this I've done some communication with Devin through the dousing rods and tarot and meditation and all the things that we used together to, and, and separately, to communicate with her mom, my sister, the last couple of years. The last three years, and he died in 2020. And um, it doesn't feel right communicating with Devin this way. It's like, what are you doing over there? Get back over here. That's what it feels like. Like, what? It's been almost two months. She died May 28th, two days before her 26th birthday. And I'm still having these moments of, like, I want to pretend it didn't happen, that it was a big mistake, that it was a misunderstanding. Like, she cannot be there. Not Devin. And then, you know, immediately it pops into your head, like, okay, well, if not Devin, who? No, 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 I'm not playing that game. Like, I just... She was my heart. She is. And it's just this strange thing, too, that I wasn't conscious of that this is the second time I've experienced, like, losing my best friend, my... my person... She was about a year old when my dad died. She was 11 months old when my dad died. And it's like he handed her the baton. And she became my best friend. And my biggest cheerleader. My biggest fan. And I would be a total liar if I said there wasn't some ego part of this. It hurts. A lot to lose the person that thought you were just the greatest thing ever. You know, the person that believed that when you couldn't, 
believed in you when you couldn't, believed you could do anything when you didn't believe that. They never had a doubt, you know? Um, that's so rare. I'm so grateful that I got to experience a relationship like that twice. You know, maybe some people never get to experience that. And my heart goes out to them because it's, it's so special. But I feel like, yeah, my ego's right there. Like, oh, you're sad because you lost your biggest fan, you know? But it was just so much more than that. But it does feel good to have someone love you that much and want to be with you all the time. She knows I would have done anything for her. The one thing she always wanted was for me to move back. And I did do that once, but my sister kept us apart most of that year. She was just, she was in a toxic relationship and using the kids as pawns and just not herself. Dealing with substance abuse, drinking a lot. It just was not a good time. We had a really good time when we were able to, to get together, me and the kids. Really great memories. But um, recently, Devin and I talked about me moving back there and even living in her building. We just thought it would be so fun. And I will always regret not doing that. For the rest of my life, I will regret not giving her that. Instead, I was in Tennessee on a dog sit. An animal sit for friends. And I think that was by design because I needed that time, that long, long drive to Iowa to, um, I don't know, get my wits about me. I don't know, process, maybe not kill someone. Because if I had been in her building when she died, I don't know what would have kept me from, from really hurting her boyfriend. Devin was the child of two chronic addicts. Both her mom and dad really, really struggled with substance abuse. And I don't say that in a judgmental way because I've struggled with food my whole life with food addiction, but I wonder if genetically she just had the deck stacked against her and was just the way it was going to go, the, the, the path that she chose, the blueprint, the lessons that she chose, the exit point she chose. But you want to blame somebody. Still, I still feel that need sometimes. And I'm, I, I cared about Jake, but I am so angry with him that I cannot see him or really think about him. I know he's in his own private hell. And supposedly he's in rehab right now. I hope that's true. I hope he does something with his life because this can't all be for nothing. And I've been with her when she kind of lost control with the substance the day that we went to her mom's apartment. She, her drinking really got out of control that night and I could just barely 
get her like in the car and get her home and I feel like I'm being reminded of this lately like that she she could be that way that she could reach a point where she didn't have control and with something like fentanyl there is no it's, it's the control over that is an illusion it's such a dangerous drug your odds are much better with heroin but I also understand why that drug because you don't feel anything you don't feel pain you don't feel depression or anxiety or grief or worry pressure emptiness you don't feel anything when you're high on fentanyl and I can understand the allure of that for her we just we didn't know only her brother knew she was doing this that her and her boyfriend were doing this so we're still feeling so blindsided and so in denial because we didn't know and she was just gone we didn't get to say goodbye we didn't get to see her you know I've talked about this before that it's like she just vanished into thin air because they took her right from the apartment briefly to the morgue and then to the county medical examiner within you know hours it just stirs up so many emotions How's my eating been during all of this? Well, I've ate a lot of feelings. And really, there's nothing that helps. Of course, there isn't. You know? Substance abuse is substance abuse. Escapism is escapism. And the problem is, now I am diabetic, and I check my blood sugar every day, and the only time that I had it... Um, back down in normal range was when I fasted for eight days in Iowa. And I can't do that while door dashing and I still need to pay bills. Can't fast while door dashing. I've done it a little bit and it's just too hard. I really don't like door dashing, but it is the only thing that really works with where I am emotionally right now. You know, if you need to stop and cry, you can. You don't have to barely speak to anyone. Um, and the few times that I've had like something, someone being like unreasonable uh, about something, I have my fuse is non-existent. I have such a short, short, short temper, and extremely low frustration tolerance because it seems like nothing really matters. My niece is dead. And part of me doesn't want to be here without her. So delivering someone's McDonald's it just seems so fucking stupid in comparison to what I'm feeling. Or it, it's just it's just all I can manage to do right now to pay my bills and and even that. Like I just feel like I'm failing at everything. And I wonder how long that's going to go on. Um, 
but Gabe's gonna go away, uh, go see a baseball game in a couple of days. Tomorrow he leaves, and I feel like that's a good time to um, go raw again. And I was raw for three days last week and felt like I was starting to get to a better place. And really, like, this this life without her, um, it's not what I want for myself. Like, I feel like raw is the path to a, a better, much better place. And I, I refuse to do insulin. I have to um, reverse this diabetes. And with raw, it takes about 30 days. Um, Fasting only takes me eight, but I just can't do that with this work right now. I just wish I was um, giving you a better version of myself. This is really just not good. But um, this is all I've got right now. And I just thought maybe they're wondering how I'm doing and uh, and I should tell them and maybe no one's wondering and that's fine too um, but just in case someone was you know what, what would it have been like if I had been raw through this whole thing different probably better I'm sure it would have been better It's just so intense. But I really believe that raw vegan is going to lead me to a much better place, um, a much better life. And I don't want to die by my own hand um, because I'm experiencing right now what this does to the people left behind. And food addiction is, is a slow suicide. I can be with my friends and family much longer if I stay on the raw vegan path. There's no two ways about it. That's just a fact. I mean, unless one of my exit points involves getting struck by lightning or hit by a bus. Um, But I just... I really believe the things that we struggle with the most are the lessons, the biggest lessons we wanted to learn the biggest challenges we wanted to overcome in this lifetime this is definitely the biggest one for me if you're struggling I'm holding your hand here you're not alone And I'm not going to end this by saying carpe diem because I've had real mixed feelings about this lately. I don't know if I'm a a very uh, seize the day kind of person anymore. I think another big lesson I wanted to learn in this lifetime, challenge I wanted to master was the art of surrender. And when something like this steamrolls through your life, 
you don't have a lot of choice but to surrender. I can't fight this. I can't fix it. I can't undo it. But I can survive it. And I think eventually I can thrive. It's up to me, right? If you're missing someone right now who's transitioned, you didn't lose them. They're right here. I truly believe that. I felt it. But I'm giving you a big hug because I know it's not the same. It's not the same as holding them and hugging them and laughing with them and talking with them. I still talk to her all the time, but it is not the same. And I don't want to lose myself down a rabbit hole of trying to record EVPs and hear her voice again, but let's set my laptop up for it. There's a woman named Sherry Pearl, S-H-E-R-I-P-E-R-L.com, and she has a whole instructional that's free. And my other niece, Nikki, who um, was like a sister to Devin, she's really struggling too. We did get through, um, you know, she had a great shower. We knocked it out of the park there the best we could. And she had a beautiful wedding and it was really a happy day for everybody. It wasn't like there was a big gaping hole, which was what we were afraid of. It was beautiful. There were some nice surprises. There was a huge thunderstorm later in the afternoon when we were all still there. And when you looked at the um, radar, it was a heart-shaped thunderstorm. That was really cool. But Nikki... Uh, I was very interested in EVPs, and I've recorded some in the past that I've uh, kind of forgotten about, and so we started looking into this. I also got a, a, the most pretty um, flowery butterfly Ouija board I could find, but um, I can only do that with Nikki. Gabe doesn't want to do it, so that's okay. Uh, I think you need the energy of two people or a really experienced medium can do it by themselves, I suppose, but the energy has to be pretty high, high vibration to do it by yourself. So two people is best minimum, two people with a good relationship. But I, um, I can't dwell in that place for too long. Um, we do have an accidental EVP of my sister that happened the night of her viewing. As my niece and her friends were in the car, and uh, you can hear my sister laugh, like everyone that's listened to it. It's like, oh my God, that's Cindy. My sister had a really deep voice because she had bronchitis so often. And there's just no mistaking it. It's clearly my sister laughing with these girls that she loved so much. And um, that was just by accident that we recorded that. And that 
and the story of James Leininger. Those are my bedrock right now. Like, that's how I remember that I am going to see her again. I am going to be with her again. That this is not forever. It's really just the blink of an eye. If you haven't heard James Leininger's story, the University of Virginia, Jim Tucker, and his mentor, who has since passed, they have collected thousands of cases of children from all over the world recounting past lives. But James Leininger's story is the one that is my favorite, I guess, because there's just so much evidence. And um, there's a lot about him on YouTube. Um, So look it up. Because a little kid has no reason to make things up like this. They have many, many great cases. um, But James, I don't know, it just really sticks with me the most. There's no way a a toddler would know the name Natoma of an aircraft carrier in Iwo Jima. There's no way, um, you know... A five-year-old would be doing flight inspections on airplanes in a, a flight museum. Or have heard of a Corsair or the fact that they used to get flat tires. Or know the names of other men on the ship. And um, it's just a mountain of evidence. So I thank God I have that. And and now you have it too. So if you're struggling right now with loss or perceived loss, a shift in your relationship with someone that you love so much, and check these stories out. So yeah, I'm not seizing the day right now. I'm just surrendering because I guess that's what I wanted to learn. And I'm really not taking care of anyone other than my dog and my boyfriend. And I'm very grateful that I stayed with him. And he's been so good throughout all of this and so understanding and supportive such a beautiful person and I don't regret all of my solo travel for that year do I wish I would have spent more of it with Devin? yes but it was important It was important. I learned a lot. I healed a lot. I grew a lot. So no regrets there. (sighs) Part of me thought I would spend this summer with Devin in Iowa. That I would spend the summer in Iowa. I don't know why I thought I could do that or how that was going to work. I did spend June in Iowa getting all of her arrangements made and setting up Nikki's shower right afterwards. But, um... 
just not the summer I thought I was going to have, not even close. Yeah, the rope out of this pit is um, definitely raw food, and I am under no illusion or delusion that it's going to take away all this pain. I just believe that it will lengthen my life heal my body, reverse the diabetes, make my ADHD better um, to manage, give me some clarity, keep the autoimmune issue, whatever that is, away, keep it dormant, manage it. and raise my vibration. I mean, I'm eating myself into a corner here. I have to do it now. And that's not a terrible thing. I wish all of me believed that. You know, there's always the, um, well, the party's over, thought, followed by no, the party's probably just beginning. You know, like, life is so much better on Raw. It's so much better. But it's funny how you forget that when you're in the... in the addiction. In the, the food addiction. I cannot beat myself up on top of all of this. I just don't have the strength or the inclination. I wish I was doing better, but I just have to start where I am. So wherever you are, just start where you are. Let's do this together. I've got to stop apologizing for my for my path, for my roller coaster of a raw vegan journey. And just own it. And do it. Not give up. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs>